Hello there, it's Michelle, co-host of Unknown Regions Podcast, with a brief show note regarding episodes 13 and 14. We had such an amazing time with our guest Brandon Boylan from Clashing Sabers Network discussing the Clone Wars Siege of Mandalore arc that we went a little bit bananas and recorded enough content for two entire episodes. So, in episode 13 of Unknown Regions, we discuss Old Friends Not Forgotten and The Phantom Apprentice. And in episode 14, we'll be talking about Shattered and the series finale, Victory and Death. So, thank you so much to Brandon for giving us so much of your time. And thank you for joining us in the Unknown Regions. Enjoy! Let's officially move on to Shattered. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, that that is the one... Is that the episode that starts with... The um, no, that's the next one. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's not oh. the one that starts with the the other music. No. Sorry, sorry. Getting ahead of myself. This is the one that starts with Bo-Katan giving her her lightsabers back, which I had to go back <laughs> three times to figure out how does she get those lightsabers back. I mm-hmm. couldn't figure it out. Bo-Katan gives them to her because guess what? She a G. They're best friends. Best friends. Yeah. Hopefully, in the future, yeah, I gonna guess. be best friends. Um, but I love that whole conversation that they have with, you know, she tells her, "Your people need a new kind of leader." Like they were literally gonna install her as the new leader of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and why didn't they? <laughs> well, I mean, they probably couldn't because the clones go berserk and probably oh. kill everyone. But we don't know yet. What but happens? they don't. Okay, but here's the thing, though. They they're not Jedi. Order sixty six applies to Jedi. I don't see how that could apply to the Mandalorians. I don't know either. But all I know is they weren't. Maul's not a Jedi either, and they had the thought the the like. I don't know if that was um, Rex's own idea or if that came in with Order sixty six. Oh, interesting question. Yeah. Don't know because they don't really make it clear but it does seem like they had it wasn't just order 66 is not just kill the jedi it's kill anyone insubordinate that could possibly be making trouble or a threat for sure okay so i.e the entire population of mandalore (laughs) okay probably maybe yeah i think i think the empire probably the emperor probably sent a whole whole bunch of people over to mandalore and you know after you got to remember that people are divided right like or the the warrior mm-hmm. people are divided bo-katan has already said she did she didn't have enough just to defeat maul's people how are you going to defeat the empire uh and so and of course you know with what we get with uh, the dark saber and rebels where's the dark saber at now <laughs> yeah. you know like the actual like mantle of mandalore you know the thing that people are willing to follow is not there anymore um mm-hmm. yeah. so i'm worried about them i'm worried about all of them <laughs> i'm also worried about the bad batch stop picking at your hair she's nervous right now <laughs> i'm worried about the bad batch a lot i was really hoping we would get some yeah, sort of yeah we did them, we, we should have no. gotten some resolution with them i'm upset about that i won't lie my, my boy my boy i think we will though i think at some point we're gonna find out i mean i completely believe the rumors that rebels is coming back and it's probably coming back sooner than we thought and i bet they were going to announce that at celebration with quarantine what better time dude but um i have to wonder if maybe they'll fold into that some kind of information or maybe they'll just have them come maybe they fully survived and they're totally fine 
and they'll come back and uh, be in Rebels, perhaps. That'd be dope. I would love that, but we'll see. Um, so this Jedi Council meeting, can we just uh, talk Ooh. about this Jedi Council meeting yeah. for a second? I want to punch Mace <laughs> Windu in the throat. <laughs> oh. I was just going to say... How many items did you break your screen when you threw <laughs> things at the no! screen when he called her a citizen? <laughs> oh, dude. That was... Let's get Ooh. something straight here, that... ladies and gentlemen. Right. Mace Windu right. is the freaking worst. He's the worst. <laughs> like, okay. what the heck? I just don't... <laughs> and she took it, too. Like, she didn't even She's say like, boo. Dude. She's like, you're right. I'm like, no! Be a rebel like you were in Obi Wan. Tell him where to go. Honestly, dude, stupid uh... purple lightsaber looking boy. <laughs> what did you get guys... out of here? What did you guys? What What was y'all's take on Yoda in this scene? Because to me, he. Oh, I gotta take that. He looks very, um, very much like a kid. Very much like a like a child, like with big eyes, like begging for an answer almost. Uh, when he asks if she has a message for Anakin, because. You know, Yoda knows something's up with Anakin. Um, where exactly, you know, um, he's at with that, we, we don't quite know. But there is that sense in, in Revenge of the Sith that he at least has an idea that something's off with Anakin, but he obviously doesn't have the answer to it. So it, 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 to me, I just can't, I can't, I get sad when I look at that uh, version of Yoda just because I'm just like, oh, you look so he looks so tiny he looks so small yeah yeah and just he's begging for attention because they they put him again nothing that that feloni does is on accident right they put him next to this like very low hollow table right it's very low to the Mm -hmm. ground but also it's almost as tall as yoda so like the scale of it you would think (laughs) yoda should be much bigger than this but he's not right like he's he's so tiny mm-hmm. he's so he's such a non-factor at this point um and he's just begging yeah. like ahsoka you obviously know something like what do you know yeah i got the same vibe like he just it, he knows she knows something and, but he's not gonna come right out and be like tell me what you know because that's not how yoda is um and he you know he's just He's just trying to let the force take shape of, you know, work this out. That's just Yoda. So he's not going to demand that she tell him what she knows. And if she doesn't tell him what she knows, he's just going to assume that that's the force at work, probably. So I don't know. But yeah, that little, the animated Yoda Hmm. makes me feel more than um a lot more actually than prequel yoda does for some strange reason but maybe it's what you're saying like he just looks so much tinier and big-eyed and yeah you know yeah yeah that's a good way to put it whereas in the prequels i i'm always kind of mad at yoda when i'm watching the prequels like dang it you're yoda why don't you know what's going on you should know you should be able to tell that there's really something wrong here yeah th- he keeps talking about oh the dark side is clouding everything well man just <laughs> use a fan get that dark side out of the way <laughs> look past it dude come on you're literally the strongest jedi you're yoda <sighs> but see that's what this is what the clone wars has made me understand actually 
that he's not. Okay, okay. I guess, okay. Yeah. But I I'm, want him to be. But when I'm watching the prequels, he is the top of the ladder in the prequels. For sure. I was just saying, Yoda's been wrong. I wanted Yoda to be the best Jedi. Like, he was cool, man. Yoda's not been wronged. Yoda was wrong. Okay. That's the whole point. Okay. But he tried, though. He, oh, he tried. So I hard. feel like, really let tried. me just speak. I feel like you, Mom, yeah. often bash on Yoda. No, no, no. But you are too simple. Let me, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, listen, listen, listen. You bro. think just because. Bro, bro. Just because one day I come to a realization that, like, Wow, my whole childhood I thought Yoda was the guy, and he's just not the guy. He's a guy, but he's not the guy. <laughs> I'm a guy. He's yeah. a guy. All right. Who tried his best. Didn't work, because he was, he didn't, he let, and here's the thing about Yoda, too. How many years? 900 years, or is that what he says? 700, 900 years you reach, yeah. After 900 years, like, he was around during this High Republic, for sure. Oh, for obviously. sure. Obviously. Yeah. So... What happened, man? I'm dying to know. What happened? I don't know, dude. I just think um, Star Wars is wrong, Tim. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. He could be better. I don't I, I, I don't feel like Star Wars is wrong. But I just said, I think he was wrong. All right, all right fine. He's and, wrong. And Everyone's to... wrong. Listen, listen. I'm going to pull my I'm 48-year-old <laughs> Star Wars fan card on you for Dang it. <laughs> I've been bested again again. And I know this is not about Yoda, but let me just say this. Having gone through the entire evolution of that character from day one, mm -hmm. like I didn't binge it. I mm -hmm. lived with it for this long. Yeah. I, I can understand now what they were doing like in, with him as being, and some people can't get out of, can't get past 19. Like, they can't. They just can't do yeah. it. They will never see him as anything other than the perfect Jedi. Mm. Well, that, yeah, that's that's flawed, <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking at it that way. It is. It, it, well, I mean, that's their opinion, and that's their take, but oh, oh, okay. if, you, oh, sure. <laughs> if you live through the prequel era, and trust me, I was confused for years about this, like, oh, honestly. Because mm. I didn't have anybody to talk to about this. This was just all in my own head. Yeah. <laughs> what are these prequels trying to say about him? Like, mm. and literally, it was the hardest hurdle to get over. Like, oh my God, they're saying he was wrong the mm. whole time. <laughs> That's Dang. a big. That's bold. Deal. It's bold. It was a big deal. Mm -hmm. When I finally woke up to that realization, like, dang, <laughs> here I thought he was it. He's, he's just up, one of the. He's just one of the many Jedi that got it wrong, and it's yeah. It's a big rip my boy, man. Rip my boy. I made a. I took his words as my senior quote. You did. And I'm hurt. <laughs> but no, you have to take it like. Don't be like, oh, he was wrong. It's he, more uh, just yeah, like he did his best. He he tried. I just he really that. tried. He did his best. But again, I'm really interested to see what what happened because if he's been doing this for 900 years that would be an indication that he would maybe understand the force better than anyone but except Bandu except Bandu <laughs> by the way Brandu Brandon is not on board Brandu 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 <laughs> oh that's okay okay that, that sounds like a new Twitter handle I need to start up 
is, but you don't like him. Oh. I didn't say I don't like him. I never said that. <laughs> I like him a lot. You think it's wrong? I think he's imperfect. Uh. <laughs> that's he's that's a whole. That's a whole another podcast episode. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, we gotta keep going. Though. Yeah, we do. So we got on a tangent about Yoda, who's on the screen for literally five seconds. <laughs> sounds about right. I <laughs> I found it really fascinating with Rex what they did here because with what we get in Rebels. He talks about, um, I don't remember exactly what it says, but he talks about, you know, they removed their chips um, for him and Wolf and Gregor. And here, obviously, we find out when Order 66 happens, he didn't get rid of his chip in time. Um, and we see him fighting that uh, that urge to kill Ahsoka, which obviously, like, kind of takes over. But he's able to get a message through to her first about fives and everything like that. I... Man, was that a gut punch? Because I came into this thinking, you know, okay, Rex is going to get rid of his chip. Ahsoka will help him. They'll team up, you know, everything like that that we got later. But I never thought, like, there's going to be a point where Rex does try to kill uh, Ahsoka. And I saw people having problems. It's so, it's so, and I'm not, like, a big Rex person. Like, I'm not, like, like I'm somebody who's, like, I, I like Rex, but I'm not super into the clones or, or him in particular. But seeing that shaking, you know, of him trying yeah, not to do it, and then, I mean, Bro. people are, I've seen it. No music? No music. There was no music here, by the, the way. The perfect use of, of no music. And people have complained Bro. on Twitter about, like, Oh, you know, in Rebels, he says he never betrayed his Jedi. I would still argue that he didn't, you know? Yeah, um, no. He told him to find fives. He actually, like, he got himself out of the mess, in a sense. I don't think he really made any wrong decision. I don't think Rex made any wrong decision. Let's just let's just state for the record, Colin oh, is, okay. a, is a clone guy, oh, yeah. and Rex is the top yeah. rung for him, so he is big time in directs and has given me a lot of uh, guff over the years about me not enjoying the clone episodes as much as he thinks that I should. Maybe, yes. But let me just, <laughs> I will say I have always loved Rex. Yeah, dude. Just because he's just, he's he's the embodiment of... The eight-year-old, nine-year-old boy watching Clone Wars, yeah, bro. He's the he's embodiment the dude. of loyalty okay yeah yeah and, of course and, and obviously anyone who's in the military in real life i'm yeah. sure that the clones and rex are deeply resonating oh dude yeah people. i haven't even taken it that perspective but yeah it's, i would assume and so but i'm with you brandon i had no idea that was coming none i could i was like i didn't really remember that he said that in rebels but i just assumed I guess maybe deep down I remembered that he said that, but I just assumed like, oh yeah, she's somehow gonna circumvent, or mm -hmm. he's somehow gonna circumvent this. I was thinking that too. thing, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Like right. he's gonna think through it. I thought he would just think through it. I actually, I thought I knew, at the point of which when Rex and Ahsoka walked onto the bridge of the ship and like the music dropped out and the, it was the third episode of the cycle. I knew it was gonna happen right here. And it's called Shadows. And that <laughs> I knew that this was the moment. 
but I definitely thought that Rex was going to think his way through it. I thought there would be a moment where he experiences the chip go on and he'd be like, wait, like he'd actually be like two, he'd have two brains. And I thought that'd be a really interesting moment. The, but the, but the way that he like, can't really fight it, I think it's a better way to go. You know what I mean? The way that he fought it made me. Yeah. Clutch Ooh. my pearls just because like, oh, oh he loves her. He literally yeah, loves her. They're homies, bro. And that's the only reason he got that yeah. that moment that that's he was true. able to fight it off Good just point. enough to spit out a couple of words before, you know, he couldn't fight it off anymore. Dang. Bro. Dang. And how he wasn't wearing his helmet. I like that. Oh, touch. the dropping the helmet. Oh, no. I actually wondered. I wonder, though, could it have been a very different experience if he wore his helmet? Because I feel like if he wore his helmet at that moment, that would be like, you can't see his face. You don't really know what he looks like. You don't know if he's crying or if he's upset or angry at her. You just hear you just hear his words. You know what I mean? That would be a very different experience. It would be a very different experience. I, I like the fact, though, that he didn't have um, his mask on um, well, for that reason. Pretty much everything in this four-part movie goes, it was played as perfectly as I could possibly imagine it. Mm, yeah, for and sure. This, this is the episode, though, where they start with this Blade Runner-esque oh, yeah. yes. music. <laughs> as there's, no, there's barely any dialogue. They're just getting on the ship. They're pushing Maul's little... Oh, by the way, the box. Mandalorian box. Bro. <sighs> speechless. Like, <laughs> that is the monolith um, from 2001. But all of that it's just well the first thing the first thing i thought was blade runner the second thing i thought was padme's rumination speeches and mm. this is sort of a parallel to that in like it's ominous yeah, something man. really really bad yeah. is about to happen but then they they do have ahsoka and rex have that scene on the bridge that is just so yeah, Rex is like, yo, what happens when there's no war? <laughs> and he's, I'm like, having, oh. he's having, like, an existential yeah. moment. I remember, do you remember me bringing this up, like, on episode four of this podcast? When I was like, the one thing I'm looking forward to that couldn't go wrong and I know was going to happen is we're going to get some existential crisis stuff happening I with Rex and the clones. I, I was, I was waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting. Because honestly, it's, that. it's been hinted at forever, but they—I mm. ne- don't recall anybody coming right out and saying, "Man, what's uh, gonna happen?" <laughs> I should, I'm only here because of the wolf. Yeah, Mo. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. But and then they salute each other. Oh. Wait, do they? Yes. Are you kidding? You don't remember them saluting each other? When he much? walks off the bridge. No, oh, oh yes, I do. I do remember that. Yeah, right. For sure. Crack me. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> and they're going through hyperspace, throwing it, too, so you it's got, like, beautiful. the, uh, yeah, it's nice lighting. And... But it's, like, dark purple, which is a uh, pop's color, <laughs> if I might say oh. so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man. And how you get, like, that cut. Oh, okay, why don't you talk about the, the sequence about uh, when Order 66 actually happens. Let's get to that. Let's talk about it. Oh, I thought we kind of already did. Are we not going to get into specifics? Or, uh... Well, really I mean, specific just, enough just talking about this. Well, just the fact that, you know, he fought it off. Mm-hmm. Literally the only thing that could have made that happen is the fact that he loves her. Mm-hmm. Like The people dilation. You made a notice. There was a little bit. Dilate. That was very interesting. The little That's people cool. dilation. There for one second. 
the only way you can see it is if you pause it until you can see his people change That's cool. size um, when he gets the order. Oh, wait, Brandon, I have a question for you. Yo. What do you think about using the original audio of the voices from episode three? Oh, yeah. What about that? I love did it. Did you like that or did it? Okay, cool. I, I, I yeah, I lo- I loved it, and I I like the idea that you know um, these characters who are attached to the story are you know feel it happening. You know, it's it's one of those things in the force that is so powerful. But I also like the fact that Ahsoka doesn't know what happened she just knows something did happen um i I think i think with having the audio only and not having a full-on vision you you create a a really interesting question um with the information we get here of, of what maul tells her about anakin and everything else and then this happening there's a real question about whether she really knows before rebels that darth vader is anakin um or even that darth vader exists and that anakin survived in any sense um because in the ahsoka novel she says you know she can't sense him anymore she believes they're they're dead uh, speaking of uh anakin mm-hmm. and obi-wan so i thought I, I thought it was awesome okay. I, th- I thought yeah like i immediately um was a big fan of that cool i do have one tiny little question mark if Maul is inside of a anti-force box, how does he... Is he out of the box when that happens? No, he's in the box. He's in the box. How is he... What if it's just, like, that powerful that the force just hits you in the face? I like, guess that, <laughs> would be, that would be the explanation. Like, he wasn't sensing it. The force hit him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't know how it... Pre- we don't know how it prevents the force from working. Like... It's not necessarily something that like the force can't touch it or it puts like a force it puts like a bubble around like they have an heir to the empire like I don't think it's that I think it's just something it somehow inhibits him from being able to use it um to escape but I don't necessarily think it inhibits the ability to sense um because we see him basically meditating when he closes his eyes and um yeah so like, I don't think he I don't I think the force can get in, but the force can't get out. That's my point. I'll accept that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's acceptable. <laughs> um, but um, I want I want to know everything about that box. Yeah, I dude. want to know who did the artwork on the outside of the box. Whoa. What is the artwork on the outside of the box? <laughs> okay, okay. I've been looking at every picture I can possibly mm. find. And um, it looks like somebody down possibly either i can't really tell because every picture i find is fuzzy of the lower right hand corner it's either somebody with a dark saber or somebody with a light saber but i can't tell well and it's called a carbonite something box or container but carbonite is in is in the name of the the type of box that it is so it's almost like this is a precursor to yeah this precursor to what we get with uh, carbonite so steampunk carbonite yeah i guess so (laughs) I've seen a lot of people wondering if it's Beskar ah. is used Ooh, somehow. Interesting. But also make also make sense considering of course. that metal is obviously a Mando thing and it's very strong and you can take you can block blaster bolts, so mm-hmm. hey, maybe it can 
restrict force use as well, maybe. maybe. It's like with Toph and, like, wood. Or, or land. You know, like, she can't feel it. Or, or no, sorry, it's like Toph with, with metal, originally. But then she, like, learns how to see through the That's metal. That's true. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But, yeah, I, you know, Mandalorian's an art. I, I can't get over how awesome yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of art, I know I brought this up to you, Michelle, but um, I, m- I mentioned it earlier in the show how I w- I'm going to get an Ahsoka tattoo. And after Rogue One came out, I was very much like, I want to figure out how to integrate. I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me, but I'm just getting Ahsoka's head markings, so I don't know how I can really integrate those together. Like, You've been blessed. <laughs> You've been it blessed. was meant to be. It was... Like literally, it was the it was top ten moments of my life, no doubt. Did it you, was. Did you fall off the couch and just like? I sat. Cry? I like just was like, it was, it. This is gonna sound so ridiculous and hyperbolic, but it's me, so this is not <laughs> a surprise. It was a weight taken off my shoulders. Literally, I felt like a, oh my gosh, yes. Yes. And then it was so powerful that he was saying it back and I just ugh. Oh my god. That's cool. I I I mean it, it wasn't as strong a moment as you because I was you know the whole tattoo thing. You literally just received a gift personally from <laughs> David Filoni. Like David Tiberius Filoni, I love you. That's <laughs> really. I I appreciate you. I will protect you. That's awesome. Though. Um, but I did freak my freak because he is my favorite. He's become probably oh. in my top five favorite characters of all time. Cheer so Cheer it. Let me He's say. so Cheer good, it. dude. Because of that. Like, because of that quote and because he is not a Jedi. He is not even trained. Like, it's, but he gets it. So mm-hmm. it, it makes perfect sense to me that she would maybe maybe she spent some time with the guardians of the wills i hope we find out maybe where that came from or maybe she's the one that taught him that like it would mm. who knows who knows that okay okay i'm on board with this theory but like i'm just i'm just saying like i really hope that's i want a little bit i want to know more about that Phraseology, yeah, and where it came came from, and how Chirrut knows about it, and how she knows about it, and the fact that she, and then Rex started saying it, like, oh my god, I, it was a moment, like it was a big moment for me too. Yeah, it's cool. I loved it. Freaked out. I question. No. Colin Moore questioned it, whereas I I was like, oh my god. I don't question the fact that she knew what it was. I don't even question the fact that Rex was saying it back. I question how that, whatever she was doing, was enough for a medical droid to find this chip that it couldn't originally find using an x-ray. I don't really know. Maybe maybe Pelps put, like, a weird voodoo hex on this chip. Maybe she just needed to really get into the forest to, like, allow it to be seen. Maybe I look at it different that way. But when I... When I watched that the first time, I was like, yo, this is so cool. And then it showed up, and I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, what? She just became, like, Ahsoka MD? Like, what is going on here? Well, I maybe think that... I think you're right. I think this was something that had to stay a secret. And, yeah, you know, all the Jedi are, like, unable to figure it out. I you, well, but they, they know they have the chip. 
they they know they have the inhibitor chip, which is what makes it really interesting. So, I mean, it's... Oh, that's true, I guess. I was thinking I, of it from a point of view of, like, uh, they don't know what it's for, and it's yeah. probably deep in there. I think, I think Palpatine probably put it deep in there so that they couldn't, you know, actually figure out what it was. I think that would, would make sense. Um, but... You know, because we get that scene with, uh, you know, with the uh, Kaminoan saying, you know, how the the Senate has accepted the findings about the malfunction of the inhibitor chip or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought all that was I thought all that was brilliant. Bringing it back around to five. Did you guys see the eight one oh eight thing? Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Can someone please explain to me what's up with that? Eight. Sorry, the, it's the day. Well. August 10th. At first, I was Googling August 1st because it was, uh, uh, it, it could have gone either way. It could either mean August 1st of 08 or August 10th of 08. So, first, I Googled August 1st, which gave me nothing. But then I realized, oh, that could also be August 10th of 2008. And when I Googled that, it was the red carpet premiere of the, um, Clone Wars movie which is super cool because like one I mean it's just it's a nice it's a nice nod but at the end of the episode we have Rex saying to Ahsoka yeah I'm okay kid I'm pretty sure the last time he calls her kid was in the Clone Wars movie oh dang yeah he he, I was gonna say yeah the fact that he calls her kid I don't remember her never calling her yeah yeah he he does it for sure in the Clone Wars movie um but yeah so so it was nice i i like those kind of nods you know like we talked about earlier of just like it's not in your face it's not anything huge but it's a nice like the circle is now complete kind of thing and (laughs) yeah totally um um, like i said bringing it around to five is beautiful but r7 gg there we go (laughs) and chief okay my sister's favorite characters of all time. <laughs> uh, apparently, one episode of Clone Wars is enough to make three droids your favorite characters of all time. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you guys uh might not know, but there is a theory going around that uh, Chirp is actually Chopper. Have you guys seen that? I have not. I have really limited my podcast listening and my reading because i didn't want anything to influence this <laughs> discussion so no i haven't heard that but he is the same type of droid he is the same type <laughs> of droid same type of droid exact same voice same arms same little disc uh satellite on the top um same mannerisms same yep. snarkiness i might cry I, if it's true i might cry he gets blown up? Well, he goes down in the ship. Well, that's yeah, the thing. No, no, they do. They do get blasted by the they do, the but clones. But yeah, and and Hera, yeah, Hera says that she repairs it, him in Rebels, and that's why they're so okay. like attached because she was like his friend when she didn't have any. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also, it make a lot of sense about his quirky personality because you know if you've been damaged to the point of being blasted in the face and then also going down in a ship and crashing 
maybe that might make you a little I'm brain damaged and quirky. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. maybe. Oh, just a tad. Can we also just talk about now we know where the chip is located and its particular importance and where it's located? Uh, okay. Yeah, that was, I guess, not new information. Oh. But it was new to me because I had never paid attention before. Same way, yeah. I guess. The fact that it's in the frontal lobe, which controls all the stuff you would expect it to control. Yeah, totally. Like, it's nailed it. Whoever, someone, someone in Lucasfilm has got some neuro knowledge. Let's they looked say, it someone up. knew. <laughs> they wanted to make oh. it as realistic as possible. That was cool. Yeah. I appreciated that. But um, I'm not done talking about the droids. If you thought I was only going to no. talk about those droids for two seconds, you're no, crazy. Dude. You're good. Are we, um, we're not on an episode four yet, are we? Almost, like, not quite. Okay. But I just want to say, again, Dave Filoni does not do filler. The binary load lifter droid in the first episode, that's the very first episode of her entire two-arc story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Brandon, I don't know if you rem- listened or remember, but I think I went on about that binary Lulifer droid for about an hour and a half. You know! <laughs> Talking about binary and balance and... I, I mean, again, I was I was torn between metaphorically whether or not that droid represented Anakin or just the Force in general. And now I kind of feel like it was purposefully... Could be both. Yep, it always is. And... <laughs> probably was meant to kind of be both Mm -hmm. but the fact that she relies on those three droids in this episode like there's nothing nobody's getting out of there with these without these droids like this is they're the linchpin pretty much of this whole thing there she had no one else to turn to never certainly not going to help her never underestimate a droid exactly and just um it just, again, coming around from that first episode with the binary load lifter droid, and to me, it representing the Force and how it's all messed up at the moment. Like, the balance is not there. For her to have these three droids come in clutch and save Rex, like, for sure, like, care, literally carrying him to the medical bay. Yep. It was just, and plus the fact, like the whole juxtaposition between the clones and droids. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I brought that up too. That's cool. I like that. Star Wars is good. The droids help out the clones. If no one has told you this, Star Wars is good. I've heard. I've heard. I also, like, thought a lot about how, um, you know, obviously you have Ahsoka just, you know, accepting their the droids programming and um you know the binary load lifters or are malfunctioned um malfunction and whatnot and you know then investing in these droids but i think all the way back to like um the gold droid that was the the spy that she really believed in and was trying to defend and stuff like that right and the yeah it's like then she was doing it. She was trying to trust this droid because she, for ego, really, like she wanted to prove herself to Anakin and that was a way to do it. And here she's trusting the droids out of humility. Right. And when she trusts out of ego, it's impure. And so they get betrayed. And when she trusts out of humility, 
you know, they basically, you know, keep hope alive in the galaxy. Um, and, yep. and they save Rex cool. and, and then we get everything we get in, uh, in the next episode, which is uh, victory and death, right? Which is interesting because normally it goes victory yeah. or death. Um, this is the one and I think that, I... Ooh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say like victory and death is the only one I had like moments when I was like bored, which I feel bad saying, but I feel like the action, a lot of it was just the same. Um, we just got a lot of, of Rex and a lot of shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of shooting. And I'm not a big like shootout person, but, um, the, the moments that we got were, were absolute gold. It was, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I kind of, I don't want to say zoned out because I wasn't zoning out, but I, it I had a couple of moments where I was having a little bit of trouble following the action and what exactly was going on. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I was tired. I don't know. Maybe I was actually, <laughs> I think I do know what it was. This is a funny story. I don't think I've told you this yet, Brandon. Oh, no, do I know this? I accidentally, okay. Um, Jason Gibner had told oh. me <laughs> from, from Blast Point had told me that he saw a spoiler about the finale. And I was like, oh, no, that's terrible. He's like, yeah, well, it's the way I live my life. It's my own fault. Um, but I, he's like, but stay off of social media because they were really out there. Because, you know, it had been on in New Zealand or something already and people were already posting things. So I was being super duper careful on Twitter. I just went on there to do something. And I saw, it was almost like I saw two words of someone's tweet. And I had no idea if they were talking about Clone Wars or not, but I saw the two words, she dies. And I immediately went into, went into, I don't trust Lucasfilm at all anymore. (laughs) I hate everyone. Oh my God. What? What? Like, how is that possible? So I went and I didn't tell Jason that I saw something, but I asked him, I'm like, okay, so is the spoiler you saw? Do you feel like it is like Sam Witwer had said that this arc, affects the entire core of star wars and so i said is the spoiler that you saw do you think that was what it is that he's referring to and she said yes so in i was convinced brandon <laughs> she was that Ahsoka i can tell she wasn't even was going to die in this episode and somehow it was like i know that makes no sense i know but that's how much I trust Lucasfilm right now, sadly, that I would think that they would actually do that. So the entire time we're watching the finale episode, I'm just waiting for her to get killed. Like, I'm just waiting for it. And I had a hard time sometimes following what was actually happening <laughs> the first time I watched it because I was living in this fear that, oh my god, they're going to kill her. No one knows this is coming. It's going to be a disaster. Brandon's gonna just I don't even know what you know I was very very concerned the entire time I uh can you imagine no honestly I can't I would have been like nope turn on my laptop (laughs) but I just want to say like that was my mental state when I was watching it for the first time so I was having a little trouble following the very very busy action that was going on you know in the hangar and all of that so I had to watch it a couple more times before I really understood, oh, 
the the droids, the, the droids did the thing, yeah, like, and the leveling. clones went down, and they went back up again. Yeah. I think the big okay. thing for this episode is is the ship going down and and what it means, you know, metaphorically for you wow. know the fall of the, the Republic ship. and and the destruction that the the Clone War leaves behind. Um, just it's just scrap metal. <sighs> it's just the visuals of that. First of all, the visuals of them coming out of hyperspace when yeah, they wrecked a... their whole hyperspace. That was um, cool whatever that is um i again i gasped like when i saw that visual yeah, it's it, breathless took my breath <laughs> was, i was like Ooh. beautiful and tragic and metaphorical amazing yeah. the only thing i had a problem wow. with there was the moon looks too much like mandalore it was a little confusing at first mm. um because mm. I was very confused too about what that was. Yeah. I'm glad that it's like a nowhere. Apparently, it's a nothing place that we don't know, which I'm glad because I was distracted by trying to figure so, out is that supposed to be Mandalore? Is that supposed to be Jakku? Like, what is that? Yeah. Well, I and I was like, because she says, um, you know, we have to get off the ship. And I guess at that point, yeah. I, I had it hadn't really clicked to me how bad it was. Um, you know, in terms of the, the ship going down. And I thought, you know, we have to get off this ship because it's going to, you know, crash into Mandalore or whatever. It was a very, it was a very like emphasis taking off her helmet um, moment in Solo where it's like this big, you know, dramatic moment that you're like, wait, was there something else I was supposed to get out of that? Was I supposed to know who? Um, That's a good point. So. You're not alone. I totally felt that way too. Yeah, yeah, it was a little confusing, but like other than that, and then and then just like I think I think they, the action went just a tad bit. I don't even want to say too long. I think they just did too much of the same thing, um. To to kind of. I hit thought that. that this episode, I thought that I, I like what you're saying because I I thought that that brought it right back to the roots of Clone Wars, because of all the fighting, because like there really is. Like, okay, yeah, Caesar Mandalore, the lightsaber duel. There's fighting, but there's also a lot of dialogue. And OG Clone Wars, right, is all fighting. <laughs> it's there would be four episode-long stories of a giant battle. You know, that's, like, classic. I, I think Clone Wars is. And I was going to say, one of my favorite parts of this episode is... If, it's close to my favorite, actually. Surprisingly, I'm realizing. Is the part when the door opens up and there's, like, oh, okay, so there they there they are and they run oh, out and the music and like great. it's just clones for like this sequence this little tiny sequence running out and they're like yelling and they're like about to fight i don't know i thought it was like a really interesting almost like an anti-fanfare to the clones because they're not clones anymore but they're still like they are there you know what i mean they're here the yeah exist. and i think everything i think everything that they did they did well like it's just it's yeah. purely just my my personal taste. I I'm just not Yeah, definitely. I I felt like I felt like the action all felt too too much too samey, you know? Um but in terms of like what they were trying to execute in and having Jesse be the one at the lead with what we got with him uh, earlier. Um dang. God, that moment of of uh Ahsoka taking off Rex's helmet and the single tear coming down completely completely recontextualizes their meeting again in rebels 
you know? Like, that hug was already emotional. It got more emotional the more we went through this, ep- you know, this, uh, this season, this arc. And then to get this moment where she literally removes the mask of the war and sees the man behind it and how broken he is and how hurting he is. And, sh- and she allows for him to be vulnerable that embrace of them coming together again in rebels is like just so much more powerful because they've been through this experience together and to me that's a moment of her saying like i understand you you know in in shattered we get that moment you know where they're talking about the war and and how they don't really know how to not be soldiers and here this is kind of a, a way of saying like this is how you are not a soldier when you when you care about somebody else when you are living for something more than whatever the thing you're fighting for is and the fact that that moment came right after you know her telling him i don't want to kill anyone and he's just like no you don't get it they're gonna kill me they're gonna kill you they're gonna kill themselves they don't care like this you're not understanding what this is about and then that's when she's just like i'm taking this burden away from you just i'm taking yeah you don't have to wear this mask anymore in a in a way you're now free and the whole mask thing in star wars is obviously a huge thing you know luke taking off vader's mask and kylo taking off his own mask pretty much only with ray and um the Mandalorian refusing to take off his mask, even, and what's her name? Omera? The Mandalorian? Yeah. Touching his mask, like the whole. Even the. Very, very even the shadow, way. shadowy kind of mask that Palpatine has, right? With his hood and the shadow he lives in. That's like a mask yeah. of its own. Yeah. It's, ugh, it was utterly heartbreaking, yet also like. I just slow clap. Like, yes. <laughs> there's a, Thank you. There's a lot here about, like, I think the... I, I'm always kind of looking at, like, what's the big question they're trying to to get us to think about? And for me, for, for this one, and this moment in particular points it out, is, like, what are we willing to sacrifice our morality for? You know? And, mm-hmm. and for, for Rex, you know... Not in a, not necessarily in a negative way, but just in a, he doesn't know any other way of doing it. But when somebody's going to threaten his life, he's going to do whatever it takes. And Ahsoka's like, no, that's not how we operate. We're not, we don't do whatever it takes. We do whatever is right. And we let the chips fall where they may, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so, again, like, I just connect with Ahsoka on so many levels. And as a teacher, you know... I kind of had the same philosophy, like, okay, here's what the the standards say and the rules say or whatever, but I have a, a belief system in how these kids need to, to learn and what's best for them, and you've entrusted that to me, and so I'm going to do what is right, and if some other if data or this or that or the other thing that's completely really not that important falls to the wayside then who cares right like because if you go to your grave and you sacrifice your morality to get to point from point a to point b like does it really matter and and that's something that we have ahsoka dealing with here and something that 
she is telling Rex in this moment of, of taking off the helmet of like, we are who we are, but we also get to decide who we want to be. And so I've been thinking a lot about how, like, how did, how did Rex get Gregor and Wolf later, you know? And, and how does that whole right. thing happen? Totally. And I, I think this moment of her allowing him to be vulnerable is something that's going to, he's going to forlay to, uh, to them later on whenever we get that story. I hope we get that story. We better get that story. I'm dying to know. <laughs> um, one thing we kind of brushed over, I know Colin is dying to talk about, is the opening music in this episode. I'm also dying to add one thing that Brendan's going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Add... <laughs> okay. So let's talk about morality. <laughs> I'm a fan of this kind of, of this kind of talk right here. Brandon, you hit a you hit a golden spot. Okay. Um I y'all ever heard of the Stanford prison experiment? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, do you know that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So for those who are listening who are not weird and don't think about this stuff with stupid stuff. Um the Stanford prison experiment was basically just this ploy made by the psychologist who was trying to test morality and ethics in a human being. Uh, in which he gave just participants who signed up for it, not knowing what it would entail, he gave the roles of guards to a group of people and the roles of prisoners to a group of people. And what was supposed to take, I think, six weeks only took one and a half weeks, I believe, because it was so extreme of an effect that took place within this prison experiment that people were getting hurt and they had to stop it because people were accepting their roles that they were given and just became this, like, thing that wasn't them because of just... A they role. Were, because they were told. Because this they were told. Role. Yeah, yeah. So, these clones have been living their entire life in this Stanford prison experiment type of thing. This mindset of, like, I was bred for combat, like Maul says, right? Like, they were. They were bred for combat. That's why they exist. Um, and I think Rex is having a really hard time with it in this scene that we were just talking about, about him being like, no, we have to fight. We have to kill them. It sucks, but we have to kill them. They're my brothers, I know, but we have to kill them. Like, he's having, like, this huge cognitive dissonance. Why he cries, obvious. That's why he cries, I think. Because he's having cognitive dissonance. Because he's trying to break out of this role. This, like, cast shape that he's been, like, put into. You know? It's exactly like Ahsoka. And we were talking about how she's trying to break free from, like, what she's been, quote-unquote, forced to conform to. Like, the ideologies of the Jedi and the Order. And how, you know, she came to her senses and broke out of it. And is now trying to find who Ahsoka is. You know what I mean? Who she is to herself. Rex has never been granted that opportunity. You know what I mean? Well, None of the clones have. yeah, and and I mean, it harkens back to when Rex gets shot and they find the uh, the runaway clone who's started a family and is a farmer, and you know, yeah. Um, yeah. There, you know, Rex is very much like, no, I'm good with my role. I accept my role. Um, this is who I yep. want to be, and. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a it's an establishment for us as the audience of like okay yes he was bred to be a soldier but also this is a the life he would have chosen for himself anyways um, which mm -hmm. kind of takes a little bit of the guilt away for us of like okay yeah he's a soldier so you know we don't look at him as as much as like a droid or just an object we actually look at him as a a human being who we can connect with, with a, a, a calling and a goal and something that he believes in. And here, you know, 
all of that gets gets broken apart um and just to think like he the clones had to live their lives with like the knowledge of a lot of people out here in this galaxy that we have to exist in don't think we should even be alive you know mm-hmm. and that's i mean that's a that's a difficult thing and to live with that's crazy yeah crazy idea yeah it's 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 brutal but yeah it is the brutal it is the i i stand with this okay i think this story is like the most brutal part of order 66 like oh for sure i i but but i've dealt with that that was probably the worst part of it for me at the time but i've dealt with that now now we've been given a eight season long television series to show us what it was like for these clones slash people and they got bubkiss <laughs> in the end bubkiss they were just used the whole time even by the jedi which is even darker to actually think about when you realize that okay yeah palpatine turned on the switch and made them evil but the jedi bred them for combat and didn't like you know that who's that dude that everybody hates well isn't that uh, yeah dude, you know he calls them there by their number you know what i mean yeah. that's like that's the embodiment of like how the jedi are treating them and i know some of them are like they have names and anakin refers to them by them even anakin you know like they are seen as soldiers they're used as soldiers not as friends not as people which is like twisted man you know um i don't know and this is why and this is why the fact that we did not get a trooper rebellion at the end of this saga makes Uh, me want to cry mm. because we just watched and listen i will admit the clone storylines were never what i was interested in watching the clone wars very rarely yes the fives story was very compelling but in general those were never my go-to arts that i loved yeah i like the weird horses stuff but (laughs) that's just me (laughs) but if and that being the case how emotional this season has gotten me about the clones and their lot in life and how tra like the whole thing is tragic but tragic. <laughs> they are just like you're saying they're owned from the start owned from the start they did not have a chance of hell if you if you got old as a clone what do you have anymore because you've been told your whole life you're a soldier if you can't soldier anymore what are you going to do with your life they were probably like dang what am i going to do and if you were even lucky to get old like most of them weren't lucky they got killed in combat we've seen, we've seen old clones you know in the original seasons, yeah but they still are working at the cloning facility <laughs> they're literally like they're trapped is i think what you're getting at. that is exactly what i'm getting at so yeah. the fact that we did not get a resolution to this horrible tragedy of these poor clones is just it makes my heart break i can't take it yeah. like i really can't Ugh, i can't well are you talking so you're, you're referring to the first order are you i'm just referring to just yes i'm referring to that we never got any kind of meaningful trooper rebellion yeah any kind of way to bring it back around like again we had finn mm-hmm. there it was like there's the story right there we had Jana. We had Jana. Like, there's two of them now. I know, dude. I know. But what are they doing in episode nine? 
they're killing all the other stormtroopers again. It's like there's no resolution to this issue. And now I'm all like, I'm going to protect so the clones with my body if I have to, because that's how much I love them now. Yeah. And there's just no... It's just tragic. The end. And also the fact that they're forced to wear in... To, to be decked in the knives with armor. They have no exposed skin when they're on the battlefield. You, you realize this. Of course, yeah. Right. But we take that for granted, I think. The fact that, you know, the Jedi, no, no, they're not wearing armor. They are, like, practically wearing nothing, some of these people, you know what I mean? Like, they they're, are Well, they're not allowed to, wear... to even choose what they wear. They that have is, to wear their uniforms. Yeah. I mean, that's the military. That is the military. I understand. Okay, but... okay, okay. But listen, though. Like, as I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a personal anecdote, okay? When you go to a private school, you are forced to wear a uniform even though you don't want to, it sucks. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I don't care if it's proper form for military. If you're a human being, you don't like wearing a uniform. I d unless maybe it's like nostalgic for you. That's the only really reason I can think of where you would like to wear a uniform. Like, come on. I just think it's a sign that like the fact that they're decked in the nines and you can't see their face and you can't see their arms or hands or anything human about them. They all look the same. But the, that's what's so fascinating. Like at some point along the way, they all decided no. I'm gonna start decorating my helmet the way I want to. I'm gonna get a tattoo. I'm gonna do yeah. something weird in my hair. Like they all just but decided. Hit it by the yes, but I'm just saying, at some point, the human condition, whether you're a clone or not, at some point, you're going to want to express your individuality. Interesting. And, and the fact that they get that taken away the again. When they're all white. Just <sighs> oh. Damn it. Um. Anyway, anyway, we can move on. I guess we can, unless Brandon, you have anything else to no. cry about? about no, no, how horrible the have it. not really. <laughs> it's just rough seeing them at the at, when we get that that end scene. I mean, oh god! All right, wait, wait, wait. Please, can we go back to the very beginning of the Please. music, though, real fast? The music, the music at the very beginning is in fact the same music at Qui Gon's funeral when Vader is born. And at Padme's funeral. All three. Padme's funeral, though, there's no choral. It's just Express. instrumental. So I fell down the rabbit hole because the chor choral, uh, the words are in Sanskrit. So I went and I looked up, hey, I wonder if anybody's translated Qui-Gon's funeral and all of that. They, it has been translated. <laughs> and it's like, it's what you would expect. It's about death and sleeping forever and all that. Classic. But when you listen to that track and compare it to the track at the beginning of this episode, the words are different. So if anybody out there happens to uh, know Sanskrit, can you please translate and tell me why are they different? Oh, what are they saying? I really need to know. I'm sure people out there who actually still speak Sanskrit. Probably. Well, I don't know about speaking it because it, I don't know if it's still... It might be a dead language. I'm not aware. Sorry. I'm pretty sure it is. I read somewhere. I think that it is. But, but anyway, the fact that they use that music is very interesting. Yes, dude. Oh, uh, man. Okay, hold on. I gotta talk about it for a second. So I actually, Brandon. I don't know if my mom has told you this. I actually watched this episode, this last episode, for the first time alone, because I thought that my mom had already watched it and that she wasn't gonna wait for me. Oh so, no. <laughs> And how he got busted was when I finally turned it on, Disney Plus betrayed him because it said but you didn't catch it gave me a resume or restart choice. And I was like, 
who the hell been watching this already? <laughs> who been watching this without me? And I, of course, immediately blamed Delaney, but it wasn't Delaney. It was Colin. And then he lied about it. I had to because, no, but my reason for lying about it was because if I had told you that I had watched it, your experience would have been different, and I could not let that happen. I had to let you get that experience. I guess that was the smart thing to do. You're See, right. I'm a good son. I'm a good oh, son. You also stabbed me in the back, but. <laughs> okay, I made a mistake. But when I watched it for the first time, and I was sitting right where my mom's sitting right now, uh, on my couch, and I was watching this episode, you know, the green letters come up, it says Lucasfilm, and then it goes, and then you hear this music, and I was like, I, that was my gasp moment. I was like, oh, because this is one of my favorite scores, man. This is like one of my favorites. And the fact that it opens the last episode of my favorite TV series, I like, God is real. But um, I did not catch, even until after the episode finished, I did not catch for a while how big of a foreshadowing that music was. Because who, I'm stupid. I'm so stupid, because everyone knows that music is the music. Yes, it's used with Qui-Gon, it's used as Padme, but I don't think it's as formally presented in those scenes. I think it's really let go when Vader's born. It's because they're talking over it when Vader is born, and they're not talking over it in either of those other places, in um, Qui-Gon's funeral or Padme's. It's just, you hear the music in full oh. bloom, whereas with Vader being born, it's there is dialogue going on. It sounds like background music. And sound effects and stuff, so it's a oh. little less obvious. But the moment is important, though. And I think the moment linked that music as being, to me, the Darth Vader is born music. Um, which I actually think in the soundtrack, the title of it is um, Past Dude Vader, I believe. Oh, I'm sure. But um, anyway, I digress. The fact of the matter is, duh. Because Vader, Vader comes in again, dude. I was like, I'm so stupid, man. I should have known. But I love how the music starts, cold intro. I don't even think it says Star Wars yet. It just says, you hear this music. And it's obviously denoted as tragedy. Um, very dissonant, really interesting arrangement that's different from any of the other three. Um, I like how the horn, my, you said that one time, there's like, there's lyrics and then it cuts, there's no lyrics for a second, and then you hear this really weird dissonant horn mm -hmm. quote. You, you like that. It's super twisted. Um, and it sounds like a congregation. Like, just like, mourning. That's mm -hmm. all it sounds like to me. Um, and, it, you know, then you see the ship, and it's from this angle that, to me, makes it look like a coffin. Because, the like, the red the red panels on the top that, that are, like, characteristic of these ships, it kind of is shaped like a coffin. I don't know if you caught that, Brandon. But, um, no, I didn't. I, I, I missed that really one. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then and then it cuts to the clones who are trying to open up that door, and the music's still going. And then you see Ahsoka and Rex, and it's still going. <laughs> and you get the whole thing. Like, it ends at the very end of where it ends in the movie, which is super cool. It is. Colin gets really excited about music, if you didn't know. If it's really? loaded. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this dude took his time. He arranged it, too, differently. It was a different He took it and made it his own. It was not just, like cut and paste it was like i said different lyrics who knows what they're saying also it was a very interesting the way editing works in this intro is an interesting editing style it like it edits you see the ship mm -hmm. and it's slowly zooming in uh -huh. and then it cold edits again to the inside of the ship and it's still slowly zooming in on the door and then it cuts again cold to ahsoka and rex there's not a lot of cold cut editing in star wars it's a lot of you know these transition slides that people meme all the time like mm -hmm. there's like a thousand of them 
in this whole new season, we've been seeing a lot of tracking shots, a lot of constant shots, but this is, like, broken. Like, it's suspenseful. I, I don't know. I, I appreciate it. It's super stylized, and I really like it. I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what about, like, do you do you have any um, Music thoughts? Theory no. Do you have any thoughts <laughs> about why is the same music used now in four different places? Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. So interesting. Vader. Padme. Order 66. Or, like, I don't know what you would even call the main um, visual idea during that music at this point, other than just, like, shit's getting real moment. You know? Yeah. I don't know, but the whole idea of Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon was supposed to be Anakin's master. He was supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's and just like the, the, the whole motive is like the death. Maul of... was the one that ultimately took that away from him, which affected him, which affected his relationship with Padme, which affected his relationship with Ahsoka, and it's just a whole big... Messy thing. Uh... Uh... Anyway. But I think it's a really cool motif for like this idea of just death. <laughs> like it's clearly being used with that connotation and it's also being used as almost like these are pivotal moments you know yeah the music that's is what i got from moment. it that's what um, i got from it like yeah just events that are shaking it's like the, the it's like the galaxy is mourning almost yeah yeah like like i said yeah kind of like a congregation and it's a group of people you know the, the corral yeah. it's really cool all right um being being a fan of Maul, the both of you, I need your reaction on him ripping apart a ship with his bare hands. Go. <laughs> right, I actually enjoyed that. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> like I thought it was kind of funny. It was just like, okay, well now everybody that wanted it, that likes. Um... He, he just turned into Star Killer all of a sudden. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's Sam Witwer, which is funny. Yeah. It was cool. It was fine. I mean. Okay. <laughs> that's that's, that's about where I come down on it. I'm not ex- as excited. I liked the hallway scene better. Um, it was. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know, we didn't talk about the hallway. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I felt like that was was a more interesting one to watch, and um, that was cool. The but, music was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's cool here. It, it serves the story properly, like. Um, but I'm not like overly excited about it or anything like that. I think it. I think it does what it's supposed to do. It does it well, and and that's about it. Speaking of the hallway, um, did he decapitate those guys? Yes, he totally decapitated two people with a wall panel. Yeah, dude. I did not even catch that until maybe oh, the fourth time I watched that episode. I was like, what? What? Did he just? <laughs> chop their heads off with think about the amount of force you have to use to chop off somebody's head with a wall panel it was now double that yeah (laughs) once i realized that is in fact what they were implying i was like oh that's dope okay okay (laughs) i like a decent like you know it's a very rare thing that happens in star wars decapitation so when it happens it's like oh okay bravo but, um, and the other part I thought was funny was he finally 
Um, or he didn't finally, but he chopped that one guy's arm off, so we finally got a lost limb in a in yep. phone Yep, oh, he was in a... <laughs> I didn't even catch that. We got a lost limb, everyone. That's yeah. awesome. That's exciting. Um, and, oh, you know what? There is more to the mallway than I originally thought, because originally I was like, okay. It parallels he's Vader. He's going to go ham. Well, it parallels Vader, but also the fact that he slams that one, like Vader does, slams that one guy up to the ceiling but ahsoka does that too there's a lot of that going on in star wars these days i'm kind of over the whole like throw them into the ceiling thing yeah it was it was a clear shout out to rogue one but also i was like oh but they have ahsoka doing that too a little she bit stole earlier his or he stole her trick that's an interesting comparison like fact that she's like i'm not gonna kill anyone but i will slam you up against the ceiling <laughs> um and then of course he didn't care if he killed the person he slammed against the ceiling but back yeah. to victory and death what do we think that title even who gets the victory mm. like who's vic whose victory are we talking about are we talking about soka are we talking about palpatine's victory because that is well clear here he's he's won he is one basically mm -hmm. um but like you said you just said it is. Ahsoka lives, man. Ahsoka lives. And yeah. I, I think... She's free. Like, that is one thing. They are now free. Rex and her, they're hunted, but they are free. Well, and, I mean, I think it's it's important that it's victory and death because they're so intertwined, you know? Only by dying to their old selves could Rex and Ahsoka find the freedom that they wanted um, and, and gain that sense of, of victory. Um, and there this is the fact that they stay alive is extremely important to the to the success of the rebellion you know like ahsoka is is the og fulcrum um even i don't know what's up with the whole saw Gerrera thing in the first episode i'm just gonna ignore that um because ahsoka is the oh, one yeah that was weird ahsoka is the one who establishes the fulcrum program right and she's the one who works side by side with bail organa to really help formulate these cells of the rebellion and you need somebody like that who is who has led a war and has learned of the consequences of it to be able to be the person that can lead a righteous rebellion you know um and so mm -hmm. i think the victory yeah like colin said is just in in them getting out them staying alive and then and then um where do they go from there you know it, it's kind of there's a there's a rebirth that has to happen, and I think it's interesting that if you look under the Y wing, um, they have the they have R seven under there. So it's it's like they're not they're not getting uh, they're not giving up on him, you know rebuilding him in the same way that they're not giving up on rebuilding their lives. So for sure, also, gonna... I think the death of person that kills. I want to add that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably definitely do yeah. them too. And I want I'm gonna. I need an R7 Lives t-shirt <laughs> immediately. R7. At least let him, come on. At least, at least. if not, also cheap. <laughs> yeah. Rip but cheap. actually, Gigi was my favorite, I have to say. Yeah, Gigi, that shirt's cool. I like those ones. Mm -hmm. And li literally Delaney. She's like, no. We had, to, we had to stop. The first time she watched it, we had to stop it because she was full-on crying like she was so <laughs> upset about those droids tragic days 
making children cry. Honestly, dude, how could you? And uh, making me cry. And making me cry. <laughs> All right, let's let's cut to um, if, unless we have anything else to mention. Um, the the end, like not the epilogue, but yeah, the memorial Probably. that they set up and um, why? Just the fact that it's on this planet that eventually we see is a frozen planet and it's just ugh, I, I don't even know what to say about it it was just man it's a work of art <laughs> it's a work of honestly, art honestly it's I... the whole like that whole scene into the epilogue with vader is like you can't really say much about it it's Dude, it says it all on its own it's perfect you know, like even down to <laughs> even down to, you know, Vader's, you know, uh, image in the clone helmet as he's walking away, you know, like all of it is just like you, it, it says what it says. It's all right there. You know, uh, it's a silent film. You get everything you need from that. But I, I like the I do like the. um how they had the wind blowing and they have ahsoka's you know um her little cowl jacket thing blowing because mm -hmm. it's it's like it's like that you know um that I, the cowboy you know with his trench coat like waving as he goes off to to yeah. battle or lone you know, yeah yeah lone ranger type of thing yeah and you know she's She's gotten out of one fight, you know. This one fight is over with the Clone War, but it, it just means a whole new fight has has begun. And and that's, I mean, that's life, right? Like we we get these we get these, you know, moments, you know, of of joy and and where times when it seems like everything is is perfect and is everything is going to be all right, right? But those are really just like the eye in the storm and and part of being able to be happy, like truly happy in life, I think is coming to understand that there's always going to be a fight to fight. And you, you have to be able to decide how much are you going to fight? What are you going to fight for? But there's always going to be a fight. And, um, that's kind of the, what I imagine is going through Ahsoka's mind right now. Like the, the loss of all these clones and all these people I cared about means the clone war wasn't worth it. So going forward, knowing there's another fight to fight, like, I need to find a different way to do it, which she, you know, she does in the Ahsoka novel, which if you haven't read it, like, read it. Don't listen to everybody <laughs> on the internet saying I got retconned. It didn't. Read it. Yeah, I do need to reread it because um, the first time, I've only read it once, and I sped through it very quickly um, and didn't probably pay it the attention that I now for sure need to pay it because i'm sure yeah i actually i didn't know there was a, i did not know we own it it's right upstairs Ooh. um it's definitely going to hit differently now there's no way it's not um but i loved the fact that they put her in her little cloak thing which is very reminiscent of the epilogue in rebels yeah. oh but yeah but it's not <laughs> but literally like the whole gandalf thing it's gray yeah, in yeah. this and it's white it's so funny that people started calling her Ahsoka the White immediately, and then so I wonder if he was like, "Let's just make it gray. Let's just play." <laughs> you want to know what's crazy too is in the beginning of the Ahsoka novel because I'm I'm reading that and I'm reading another book at the same time, and 
so I've just gotten a little bit into the Ahsoka novel again, and in like the first chapter, it mentions as she's running away from the planet that she's on, she puts on a cowl and she's like, I'm going to have to get a new one soon because her montrails are uh, grew again, you know, which looking Aww. at it now, you know, of it's probably this one that she's wearing in this scene to like she's grown since that time, you know, since the last time we saw her uh, here in, in Clone Wars. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> I like that. Um, and then the whole dropping of the saber. Just. I honestly, uh, like, let, let's let put it this way. Like, we are now at, like, 210 minutes of, of recording time, minus the half hour that we had before <laughs> recording. <laughs> We're, I'm obviously, like, I'm not somebody who has been speechless, as you all, all of y'all who are listening can probably tell I'm speechless. Like I, I literally, I want to write something about it. I want a podcast about it, but I literally cannot find the words yeah, to justify it's art. what happened. Say it, it's art. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just, it's art, but also like talk about distilling all of star Wars mm. into one thing. It's Luke throwing away his saber twice in the different. The claws and the stormtroopers. It's, it's all of it. Probot. No, I'm saying, I'm talking about specifically her dropping yeah, the saber. I know, I know. I'm talking nonsense. Sorry. <laughs> well, loopy. Um, but it's just it's the distillation of that into that one moment, and then the following up moment of him finding him again, like. Oh my god. And we get the owl, you know, the the ah, <laughs> which I thought we were gonna have video, so I brought my more eye downstairs. So he's he's on my lap right now. Well and how cool is it like that we get more eye right because Ahsoka has you know, is the the light, you know. She she has the daughter in her and Anakin has become what the son wanted to be. You know, right? So they uh, literally are, you know, the the two in the force. Um, yeah. And and when he finds that, uh, you know, I've heard I've heard a couple people try to guess at how far into the future that epilogue happens. I feel like it's pretty dang far down the line. Like we're like eight years, ten years, maybe like something really far down the line, where. You know, he has likely, he's fully entrenched. Like, he's not just dabbling in Vader. He is Lord freaking Vader at this point. And finding that saber, again, like the juxtaposition of Mustafar being a fire planet and this being an ice planet and him finding these relics. They're relics at this point. They're old news. Yeah. And him finding that hilt and picking it up and brushing it off and turning it on uh, like uh, again like you're saying there are no words other than the fact that when dawned on me the, the parallel between kylo and the dice and him and the lightsaber and it's shot very similarly it is. broke my heart into like <laughs> a bajillion pieces a good bajillion. when i realized that that was like 
I realized that last night watching it and that that was the viewing that I had a full on sobbing fit after I saw this episode. Like I had cried a little before, but then when I'm like, that is all of Star Wars distilled down into this speechless scene. There's no dialogue. Oh God. Yeah. Good luck writing about it. I really look forward to reading that. (laughs) Yeah. When I, I yeah, we'll, we'll see. (laughs) And how it's played. Well, I mean, I, that is such an interesting choice that Kiner made to pick that style of music. Considering he's, Again, he's used mostly orchestral type of J dubs type of stuff. Yeah. He that, broke from his mold, man. So interesting. I can't wait for someone to interview him and ask him yeah. about those choices. Because be I loved it personally. I did too. Loved I thought it. it was great. Um but yeah, and then the, the what are those little owls called? Con Convors. Yeah, Convors. Convors. I tried to zoom in as best I could. Like, I really want to know, was that Morai or was that just like a rando? Oh, no, it was definitely Morai. <laughs> it was definitely Morai. Okay. Okay, I'm, I, I believe you. But I really want to, yeah, I tried to zoom in just to see, are you brown or are you green? I can't tell. Mm. Uh, we did it, guys. We <laughs> talked we for almost three times the amount of uh, Siege of Mandalore. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even you know what he's he didn't. he didn't i'm proud of you i'm proud of you yes and i'm sitting here looking at him he didn't even like do the thing where you point at your wristwatch your invisible wristwatch which sometimes he does to me when he when we're talking too much <laughs> he'll just like point at his wrists as the yeah. universal symbol of i ain't got time for this <laughs> he didn't even do that to be honest I'm not writing to do tonight. <laughs> but uh, I also, just last thing, literally last thing, <laughs> the music at the end. Oh, yeah. It's sad. <laughs> the music at the end is I'm sad. like, <gasps> you're right. It's very weird. Sad. It's weird, isn't it? Because, like, every time we've watched a, a Clone Wars episode, we hear the, the boom, bakum, like the super big drums that's, like, super bright, and, like, Star Wars, yeah, and this is, like, nope. This is this is bad. We're this down bad. and we're staying down. Yeah, I um, appreciate it though. No, actually, no. The no very last stop. thing, D. Bradley Baker. Oh, freaking D. Bradley Baker. God, talking dude. about not getting enough credit. Bro, no credit. Literally. Well, none. he gets some, but no, like, he doesn't. Not from the public, man. I never hear anyone. Well, you're not on Twitter with a bunch of Star Wars freaks like I am. So he does get credit, but he doesn't get nearly the pub that, you know, the leads, other leads get. And I don't even understand how he does what he does. Bro, he's got multiple personality disorder. (laughs) He has to, dude. I'm just kidding. I am going to ask Bob um, Bergen, our voice actor friend who pretty much knows everybody. Yeah. I'm going to ask him if, well, first, if he knows him That's and so secondly cool. if he does know him can you please like pass next time you talk to him tell him how much we appreciate his work because uh, it's just i it's unbelievable so cool it really is how does he do all the bad batch <laughs> the same person dude well, not, it's crazy big deal those are I know, four guys I know, but he's the, been doing this for i know seven million I know, seasons but okay i know Okay, maybe I should just say that. Yes, every different personality 
different, even different voices. He does stuff to his voice. None of the clones sound the same. I don't know how he does it. He must spend so much time listening to his own voice, so he knows what not to replicate. He must. It's it's, it's absurd, man. It's absurd. I can't even listen to my voice one time after doing a senior student project. Uh, when I had the voice. Oh yeah, Brandon. I had to. I'm, I'm becoming a voice actor now. Uh, <laughs> I had to. I real had to, real Renaissance man. Yeah, totally. He's done it all of one time, and now he's But I can't listen to my voice. That's what I'm getting at. When I did it, and they were like, you want to hear the thing? And I was like, sure. And I hear my voice, and I'm like, mm, turn that right off. It's <laughs> so good. It's insanity to me. Yeah. Even the podcasting, yeah, sometimes I'm like, God, I'm sick of my voice. Yeah, dude. But. Yeah, truly snaps for that, man. Please. Get that man another job. Somebody. And a bunch so of Emmys. He deserves a yes. bunch of Emmys for this. Yeah. All right. Well, I think on that note, you send it. He's saluting me. The Clone Wars. I... You served me well, man. It's amazing that I didn't even find, pay attention to this show until probably season three. Big fan. Because <laughs> I thought it was a kids' show. Like, of course, like we've never seen this before. I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh well, my kids love it. That's great. I'll buy them the Lego set cool yeah it's star wars so i'm sure it's fine um but i didn't really start paying attention to it until until mortis because that's my jam but you know it took me years again to fully appreciate what they've done with this show how important it has become is crazy to me like yeah it's not crazy in a bad way just crazy like wow this was a vision that clearly they had from the beginning Mm -hmm. what they wanted it to be and where they wanted it to go and i can't express enough how impressive that is to me yeah closing closing thought think about the fact that the the two things that have basically been universally accepted by star wars fandom are the mandalorian and the siege of mandalore and the common denominator there is dave Tiberius Jackson Filoni. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I'm all just right, yeah. I'm just saying True. put Dave Filoni in charge of story. Period. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'll see y'all later. I'm out. <laughs> out. Mic drop. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I I can I can second that motion in the fact that even though I don't trust anyone over there uh. at the moment the one I distrust the least <laughs> is definitely Dave Filoni. Yeah, man. Yeah. And for me, for right now, for where my head is, that's a huge compliment. Honestly. It, yeah. I wouldn't trust any of them as far as I could throw the rest of them at all. But him, he clearly, um, he clearly gets. He what, got the vision, bro. What I feel is the core. Like he understands the core. Yeah. Perfectly. That most definitely. And that's pretty important. Agreed. God so, bless. God bless that man. If, um, if you are still awake <laughs> and care, um, you can find our Twitter handle at unknown reach pod on Twitter. And my personal handle is at Frey adjacent. We have an email that we never check called unknown regions pod at gmail.com. And Colin is on the Instagram. I couldn't really think of the word for a second because that's how scrambled my Old brain is. Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick. And Brandon, please yeah, tell man. the people 
about your um, comings and goings and where we can find you. Yeah, so you can uh, find uh, my articles and writing and um, that of my team over at ClashingSabers.net. Um, we have our podcast. We have four podcasts on our network all in the same feed. So just search Clashing Sabers and you can find all of them there. Um, there's definitely something for everybody in that in there. Um, we also uh, have started a literacy nonprofit that we are using to get uh, Star Wars books into schools and classrooms across the country. So if you want to um, learn how you can help in that mission, you can go over to ClashingSavers.net and just go to the nonprofit page. And that'll have all the links uh, for you there. So um, we have that. We have YouTube. I'm trying to ramp up a little bit more. And by ramp up, I mean, like, do anything for it at all. Um, and then, uh, you know, Twitter, uh, Clashing Sabers, and then our Facebook group is um, a good place if you want to meet some other fans and just have some fun conversation. We've started doing, um, like, daily little interactive things like sharing memes or um, doing what ifs or, or whatever. And so um, there's a lot of cool people over there and, and we get into debates and, and um, that's kind of the, the center of clashing sabers is, is debating and, and clashing our sabers as Michelle and I like to joke um, about what we disagree, but still being able to walk away as friends. So um, if you like this show, you, you probably dig some of our stuff. Yeah, honestly, um, you guys were one of the first podcasts I really became a fan of when I even it was it was right around um, after the last Jedi when I really started branching out and listening to other podcasts. You guys were one of the first ones I found and remain to this day one of my favorites. It's all um, I don't want to be cheesy and say super positive, but it is. It's like what you you said we can disagree but we're also solid friends and i really appreciate that about your network over there and can't speak highly enough of brandon as an individual person yeah, as a space son oh you're you're too kind um colin i'm not even gonna lie gets a little jealous when i call you my space son <laughs> <laughs> but but i'm your but i'm your real son I'm like yeah yeah you're my real son he's my space son but but i like space too Okay, fine. You're my space son too. Like this is an actual conversation we had to have. Yo, listen, she she like a Star Wars more than me out here. <laughs> Abuse. Somebody, please. But I just want to say thank you, Brandon, for everything you've done to encourage us. Yeah. I I can't thank you enough. I know you are saying this isn't true, but it is. It wasn't for you. We would not have finally gotten this on the ground. That is so true. thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for taking Hey, what else was I gonna do with a Thursday night in quarantine, right? No, it's. I I appreciate you. Those are those are very kind words. I appreciate that. Uh, well, thank you again for taking time out to do this. Um, and real fun. See you around. Thank you for listening to Unknown Regions Podcast. The introductory theme for Unknown Regions Podcast was composed by Colin Whitlick and was performed live by a volunteer orchestra. This recording and composition is the intellectual property of Colin Whitlick, but please feel free to hire him for all your compositional needs. He is the composer you're looking for. 
All the opinions expressed on Unknown Regents podcast are of a personal nature and in no way reflect that of Disney or Lucasfilm. Thanks again for listening. See you real soon.